Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of the On the Prowl Podcast. I am Powell Cobb, Managing Editor at the Post Searchlight. And I am Brandon O'Connor. It is playoff time Playoffs. in Bainbridge. They are hosting for the second straight year. I think our research says it's the first time Bainbridge has ever hosted the playoffs two years in a row. That's pretty exciting. I'm not sure if that says more about this team and Coach Whittleton or more about the history of Bearcats football. <laughs> Who knows? It could definitely go either way. So, But it, it was a good game last week. They it went was. out there. There's a lot on the line against Warner Robins. It was pretty much they went or they hit the road jack. Yes. And then a really long road trip for this weekend. Well, it, it was in doubt for a little while. But Bainbridge went out there and they got it done with a, a long touchdown run by Damian. He, he got off the ground. Some say he was down. Some say he wasn't. He was rest, he was on his feet the whole time. Uh-huh, what are you talking about? Uh huh. That, that's what that's what some people here say is that he was he never touched the ground. But even if he did, the refs never saw it, and he danced his way into the end zone. And then Zion, a guy that he's been maligned a little bit so far this season. He started on offense, and he's definitely found his niche on defense right now. And he had a huge play with the pick six. He's been doing fantastic. He is a hard hitter. You can tell he loves to pop somebody light somebody up on defense. And that pick six was the was really the game sealer for Bainbridge. It was that play that really put them on the top. And then let's not forget Caleb Harris with his field goal. The, the kid's got a leg, you gotta admit. And it he's, was. Gonna, he's only going to get better. Yeah, it was it was a twenty four yard field goal, but it, it definitely had the room to make it from longer than there. And and that Zion pick six did end up being a huge part in this game because they very quickly after that Warner Robbins scored on one play, a 72 yards that I know as a Georgia fan brought back some memories to the play. Yeah, as a Georgia Harris. as a Georgia fan, that was a, was a scary thing to witness. It was definitely flashbacks from 2013, seeing that ball tipped up and into the hands of the Warner Robbins receiver. But we don't have to talk too much about that. <laughs> we can move on quickly. Bainbridge came out on top and earned themselves the second seed berth in the state playoffs in region or Class 5A. Absolutely, and, and, and with that play, I, I think it, it's great to see someone like Zion where the, the beginning of the season maybe didn't go his way. He was expected right. to be a big contributor on offense, and they, they ended up switching out the, the wide receiver roles a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think it's huge for a guy, a junior, he still has a lot of time left on that Bearcat team to really find that role. And That's I think right. it's going to be huge for him and this football team going through the rest of this season and into next year. I could definitely see Zion picking up the the torch for leadership on that defense. He's got the size. He's got the experience. Right now, those guys, Kerensky Williams, Lerone Broadnex, those are the seniors that have the leadership right now. But I fully expect those guys to be talking to Zion and saying, okay, next year, lead these guys. This is going to be y'all's show. Absolutely. So. So going into this this Friday night, they're hosting Whitewater, a team that went eight and two on the season. They flipped back after going two and eight last year. We're going to hear from Chris Dunn, a reporter up there, a little bit later in this. We had a chance to talk to him, break down the Whitewater offense and defense, and preview this game a little bit. How big is it for Bamer to be able to host this game? Huge, momentous. We saw last year just how big of a deal it was to host playoff games. We hosted three, and two of those games came down to the wire. One of them came down to one point. But I think the energy that comes from hosting a playoff game, the excitement and the the pageantry and elegance 
of the state playoffs and what goes into it and how big of a deal it is. You can definitely see it in how the kids play. You can see it in how the fans and the community react. It It's an important thing to host this game. Yeah, and when, and when I had a chance to talk to Chris, that was one of the things that he brought up. He, he said that the atmosphere in Bainbridge, it's one he's experienced, he came down for the one playoff game last year, is, is one of the main factors he, he's going to see in this game. So let's see what he had to say overall about how the Bearcats and the Wildcats match up on Friday night. All right, so we're here with Chris Dunn from the Fayette News in Fayetteville talking whitewater football. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Good, good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So this is a whitewater team that they saw a little bit of a comeback from last year. I think looking at they had two wins last season, and this year they only have two losses. So how how has that turned around kind of happened with this team? Uh, really, it's um, it's been kind of interesting watching them because before last year, Whitewater had been one of the most consistent programs in the state. And I think a couple years back, uh, AJC ranked them in the top 50 programs in the state. And then it was one of those years that I'm sure you guys have seen where they had had some really good senior classes and it all culminated in one huge senior class, like 30-something seniors, and they graduated and were gone. And, uh, and so the cupboard was real bare last year. And, uh, but it still went wor- way worse than everyone expected. And, and two wins, and, and coming into this year uh, with a new coaching staff, only the second head coach in school history, we thought things were going to be a lot better. But um, to say that people expected eight and two uh, was pro- probably would have been way uh, overly optimistic for the team. Following this team and watching them throughout the season, what kind of jumps out to you as, as the strength that's gotten them to this point? I, uh, really, they've got a they've got a lot of offensive weapons, particularly in the running game. They've got a a thousand yard running back in Isaiah Montgomery. He's one of those guys that you'd looked at him, you, you you probably wouldn't be that afraid of him because he's one of those high school backs that. That's real short, but he's muscularly built, so he's got some pretty good power. But he's he's got track speed, and uh, and he's he's burned a lot of really good teams for big plays this year. Um, he would probably be the guy that emerged over the course of the year as as their best player. But behind him, you've got a, a another power back in Musa Ali, and then they've got one of those really good dual threat quarterbacks in in Stone Caston, who uh, they don't throw the ball a lot. But when they need to, he can beat you. Uh, but he's really good running the spread option. He's got uh, got some good legs on it. Yeah, just kind of looking at the numbers is, is what we have to go on. It definitely seems like Montgomery is kind of the, the workhorse of this offense. But then Kasten, he, he only has 130 attempts on the season. But it appears that when he does need to put it in the air, he tends to make good decisions and have good success with it. Yeah, yeah, and, and kind of Friday night was a, was a pretty good example of that. They were playing a Macintosh team who early in the game was, was playing them real tight, um, and uh, they kind of cut, tried to stack the line a little bit, and Caston ended up burning them. He, he completed only four passes on the night, four out of six, but it was 144 yards and two long touchdowns. So he's got the arm that... That's that's gonna you know linebackers aren't gonna be able to totally crowd the box on because he, he's definitely got enough ability to keep him honest. And just going through these numbers, the the defense numbers and potential, and talking to our coach here, he mentioned it quite a bit. Is the defense as good in person as they are on paper? 
Uh, they, they've really improved a ton over the course of the year, and and they're definitely uh, capable of putting some really good performances together. They've, they've done it with um, a couple of really good veteran leaders, and then, uh, and then around them you've got some young guys that have uh, really improved over the course of the year. So they're, they're capable of keeping some really good, uh, really good teams in check. Yeah, because you have Ogle on your defensive line that has seven sacks, and then Crowder, um, I, I'm assuming a linebacker with 109 yeah. tackles. How how important are they to the success of this team? Oh, they're they're huge because it is uh, they're they're guys that had been playing that were you know contributors in the past when Whitewater was good and went through the really bad year last year and they're the leaders that you know kept everyone's heads up. Um, really, without guys like them, I, they wouldn't be a playoff team. And and the coaches would tell you that too. And and the two of them are, they're just they're big hitters. They're the kind of guys that. That they're going to leave you sore the next day. Um, it's, it's fun to watch them. They're just kind of that old school smash mouth kind of players. Okay, this is a Bainbridge team that had a really good season last year. They went all the way to the state semifinals, but they, they've struggled some this year. And they definitely go as their star running back, Damian Pierce. He's one of the top players in the junior class, and an Alabama commit goes. Um, right. What? How does? How do you think he matches up against this Whitewater defense? Ah. Uh, I mean, they they've gotten to face some some pretty talented players. Uh, for instance, um, they beat a Starsville team whose running back is top five in the state, I believe, in yardage. But he may not be quite the specimen of your guys' running back. Uh, it's one of those. I think I think the defense, if they're able to get some good stops early and get some positive momentum, would be huge. Uh, but they've also had to play in some shootouts uh, with with a lot of young players that haven't been in that you know in that playoff football is so different. You, you don't really know how they're going to react. So I would think that you know that first quarter could be huge to you know which team's able to set the tone. So as somebody's seen uh, that has seen Whitewater all season long, if you if you were coaching Bainbridge, where would you tell them to attack this team? Uh I, th- I think if you could go over the pass the ball over the top, it's something that a, uh, a lot of teams haven't tried to do on them this year, uh, except Griffin. Um, Griffin put up 56 points on them, and they have, I think, the number two passer in the state in terms of yardage. Um, so it's something they haven't seen a lot, and they do have a couple of young cornerbacks. I think if you were going to attack them, uh, that's probably a pretty good way to do it. But obviously, you know, a, a hammer running back like that, uh, is he's he's going to pick up yards on them? So it's uh it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I do know one of the things that uh, Whitewater has over a lot of high school teams is they've got a really good kicker uh, and Liam Boyd. I know he, I believe he hit from forty five this year. And uh, actually, having having seen you guys in the playoffs last year, I was down there for the Sandy Creek playoff game, um, and really Sandy Creek was done in in part because they couldn't count on extra points and field goals um that's going to help whitewater you know just get some guaranteed points that they can get into the end zone um i'm i think it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun matchup so it might be a slightly different team than you saw last year they lost a few guys but they it for the for the good part bainbridge is a very similar team and as somebody that's right. seen whitewater all this year who, who would you favor in the game we i was kind of talking with uh, with some people up here about this, not having seen Bainbridge myself, it's hard to get a great feel for it. 
but but you guys seen a program that is in the playoffs um, every year seems like and with a really good home field advantage um, I would I mean it's pretty close to a toss up in my opinion but but I would probably if I had to pick I would probably go Bainbridge in a close game okay well I, I know you guys have a really good home field advantage. Yeah, that, that they do. The, the Bearcat faithful definitely turns out pretty well at Centennial Field on Friday night, and I don't think it'll be any different this week. Well, thank you for joining us, um, spending some time talking and getting us ready for this game and, and giving us some insight into the Wildcats. I appreciate it. So as he said, this Isaiah Mon- Montgomery cat, this running back, is a strong player. He has rushed for uh, 1,017 yards on 135 carries, and he's got a pretty nice 14 touchdowns sitting right there on the stat sheet. Not a, not bad at all. Yeah, this is a good offense with Montgomery, and then you have Caston, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has 230 rushing yards and a little over 1,100 passing yards on the season. And as Dunn was saying, this is an offense you have to watch out for. They're, they're going to use Montgomery a lot. They're going to run the ball. They also have Ali, who has 538 rushing yards on the year. So this is a very good ground game, yep. but you have to be ready for the passing game. They've, they've used it some this season. They kind of lull you to sleep with that running game. They use it a lot, and then they'll throw you over the top and, and beat you on some of the long throws. Yes. But on the flip side, Tun almost suggested that Bainbridge do the exact same thing. He is very aware that they have a superstar running back in Damian Pierce, and he sounded pretty pretty confident that Damian could have a big, ga- big game against this team. This is a good defense for Whitewater. They have Crowder, who has 109 tackles on the season. And then Ogle, the, the defensive end that we talked about a little bit, that has seven sacks on the season. Mm-hmm. So this is a good defense, but they have young corners, a young secondary. And Brett McCoughlin probably had his best game of the season last week against Warner Robbins coming back from the injury. Without a doubt, Brett really showed us some shades of 2015 with how he was throwing the ball and also how his receivers were catching it. He was 13 for 20, 184 yards and a touchdown. We really saw some big plays from uh, – Bowen Dobson, Caleb Boutwell, and Aaron Spivey also made a couple big plays. Adrian Cooper scored a touchdown this game, a 35-yarder. So he's getting help from his receivers, which is half the battle. But I I, I expect Brett to have a really big game this Friday against Whitewater. I think so. And it's something we talked about last last week with Will Kelly being out for the season with an injury. Mm -hmm. Bowen Dobson was going to have to step up, and he definitely did that this week. He became a major contributor to the offense. And I think it was good to see Caleb Boutwell having a pretty good game. He's a guy that's really tough, and he can go across the middle and make those grabs. That's right. And then Adrian Cooper was a little bit came out of nowhere after he scored that touchdown. You guys were trying to figure out who he even was because he wasn't on he the wasn't roster. He wasn't on the roster. He yeah. just got that call up from JV and had a huge impact with that 35-yard touchdown. If you can have, find that guy, maybe it's Cooper, maybe it's five, Spivey. They can stretch the field and get behind defense. Brett right. has the arm to make the throw. He just has to get it to him. That's right. He has to get it to him, and he, he needs to thread the needle a little bit. Sometimes it may be a little off, but he's doing a fantastic job so far. And, and after the momentum he has from Friday night, I expect to see that carry over this, this week and see some exciting things from our quarterback. And then something interesting that Dunn brought up that you don't hear from a lot of teams, he said you have to watch out for this whitewater kicker. He said Voigt is a talented guy. He's 30 of 33 on extra point this this season. And he has a long field goal of 47 yards. Wow. This is a guy with a strong leg, especially for high school. So that's something Bainbridge is going to have to watch out for. If it's a close game at the end, Whitewater has a guy that they can bring onto the field. 
and put some points on the board potentially. I could easily see this game coming to within three points, and with a kicker like that, Bainbridge's defense is going to have to really do a good job of keeping him away from his field goal range and not letting, not giving anything away. And this has been a good Bainbridge defense so far. I was looking at some of the region numbers a little bit earlier. Kerensky is actually first in the region in solo tackles in the regular season with 68. And then a number that surprised me some were Kerensky and Devin Morris were actually tied for first in the region with 14 tackles for loss. Very nice. And then Devin Morris was second and Roman Harrison was third in total quarterback pressures this year. Devin had 10.5 and, and Roman had 10. So another guy that you were mentioning, along with Zion, as a leader for next year's defense, Roman Harrison is going to be a name to watch. He's gotten consistently better throughout the season, and he could have a big impact in the playoffs and next season. Absolutely. Those coaches say that he is arguably one of the most athletic kids on this Bainbridge football team, and you're definitely seeing that this year with his performance. Absolutely. So it should be a fun time on Friday night, and it's about that time for our Bearcat Band Trivia Question of the Week. This might be the last one. It depends. We're not going to say. We expect Bamers to win, but uh, they may not host another game, and it may be the last time we're able to give away these great, great $5 coupons. Absolutely. So we went went deep diving 4-1 a little bit. We went and checked with the Georgia Football Historians website. It's something that's a cool resource. I highly recommend that you check it out. And it appears that this is the first time that Bainbridge and Whitewater have ever played. And that led into our trivia question that since 1916, how many different opponents has Bainbridge played against? It's a pretty big number. It must be a pretty big number. It, it, it is. It's, mm. it, it's a big number. We went deep diving and we got a little bit of help finding the answer. And I think you can find it too. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing everyone in Bearcat Nation on Friday night.